We're back with the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. And we are going through the Gospel of Luke right now. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to start in Luke 6, verse 17, and right. start talking about this Sermon on the Plain. Yes. We've been talking about how Jesus' ministry is beginning, mm-hmm. and it's already gotten very dramatic. Uh, yeah. uh, the religious leadership is already... How they can get rid of him. Get rid of him. Yep. Uh, he has disciples that are following, and within those disciples, he's now named twelve apostles. Right. Yeah. They're going to be his inner circle. Mm-hmm. Um. He, but we've just been going through this and seeing how much he's. Um, Luke is emphasizing Jesus' authority right. and his identity right. as the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has all the authority to do these things that he's doing, to call these disciples, the apostles, as you've said, that he's called, and they are going to follow him because, I mean, it's very obvious that God's power is working through him. I mean, the people can see that the authority, they even hear in his teaching that the authority that he has is different than anybody else, but then to see the way he casts out demons and uh, heals paralyzed people, I mean, is very much in their face that Jesus can do the kinds of things that he is setting out to do. And now, like you're saying, they're mad at him because he's, you know, not going about things the way they think, not treating the Sabbath like they think he should. Um, the, I, I mean, the powers that be are right. particularly upset with him. And so it's now they're after him even to kill upsetting him. Upsetting the apple cart here. And, yep. um, and he's doing surprising things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's easy for us maybe we may have some people listening to the podcast who haven't grown up in church and read their Bibles their whole life. Mm-hmm. And maybe this uh, does seem surprising to you. Yeah. But for a lot of us, we've read it our whole lives. And so it seems normal mm-hmm. because we've heard these stories our whole life. Right. But if we could step back and read it with a fresh perspective, like mm-hmm. we haven't read it before, mm-hmm. you'd see how amazing all the, no wonder the people are always in awe or astonished. No wonder this is riling people up mm-hmm. because he's doing new things. Yes. Yes. And that's kind of key here. And so he's going to do for the first time, uh, this section we're doing today is kind of a long teaching section Mm -hmm. that we haven't really had. We've known that he was teaching Mm -hmm. and he's been healing people and casting out demons and all those sorts of things, but he hasn't really had a long uh, teaching section where we hear what he's teaching. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so um, we'll start there today. Yeah, I think that's a great place to begin. So So thank you all for listening. Thank you for telling your friends and, mm-hmm. yes. and trying to get the word out about this podcast. We're just doing a Bible study and kind of inviting you to join us. Mm-hmm. And so we would love to hear from you, love to hear your uh, comments or yes. your reviews, whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. if we can make something better, please let us know. Yes. So we will start at chapter six, verse 17. And I would say, let's read through verse 26 to be Okay. Okay. Beginning in verse 17, And he came down with them and stood on a level place, 
with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and spurn your name as evil, on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. That's pretty intense. Mm -hmm. But Jesus starts this, um, let's go back to the beginning here and just watch how this begins. It does have a similar beginning to the very end of Matthew chapter 4, where we're leading up to the Sermon on the Mount and what's about to happen mm-hmm. there with chapter 5 and following chapter 5 through 7. Matthew's whole Sermon on the Mount is much more extended than this, but there does there are similarities right. in the way even the setup goes. Right. So some the people pieces. think it's the same occasion. Probably. The, Other people think, think that it may be a different time. Which I mean, it could easily be yes. because surely he gave these kinds of talks all the time very many times yeah these are the same kinds of things you would go over yep so um yeah in this i think it points out that it's a level place Mm -hmm. now it could have been a level place on a mount Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um but i like that and i wanted to just talk about that for just a second partly because i really love isaiah 40 and um Luke uses Isaiah so much that I can't help but think that he is using this word level place yes. for a couple of reasons, and okay. we'll talk about some of the others later, but right. um, here in Isaiah 40, verse 3 through 5, it mm-hmm. says, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, mm. and every mountain and hill be made low. Yes. The uneven ground shall become level, yes. and the rough places a plain. Yeah. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And he even used that in the beginning of his gospel. Yes. That, quoted uh, from that passage. Quoted. Um, so I think here it makes sense to me because Mm -hmm. he's beginning this big teaching section for the first time Mm -hmm. and it tells us that a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon which definitely would include some Gentiles Gentiles. so uh, it feels to me like like this is a picture of all flesh seeing him and um, him being uh, recognized, mm-hmm. yes. and so this, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit um, off. I don't know. That makes so much sense to me because of we already know, like you said, how much Luke appreciates mm-hmm. Isaiah already. He's already yes. made 
many quotes from Isaiah and allusions to Isaiah. And so for him to use a level place here, which is different than what we see in Matthew. Matthew wants to talk about a mountain. Right. Well, why would Matthew talk about a mountain? Well, he's making a specific point about how Jesus is the new Moses because he's writing to these Jewish readers. And so they would be ready for a big teaching to come from a mountain hear about, you know, okay, Jesus does seem like Moses. But right. here, Luke, who has this passion for Isaiah, is going to use this level idea to take our minds back to, hey, when people come out of captivity, they'll be following on right. level ground. And, and all the so obstacles will be removed, removed right. so that he can be seen by all people. Yes, by all people, yes. So I really love that because that, that makes a lot of feels sense. Yeah, really like that. And they've come to hear him and to be healed yes. of their diseases in verse 18. So, so it wasn't just that they were following around a healer. Mm-hmm. They also were coming to hear what he had to say. Yes, um, right. Um, sure enough, those who are troubled with unclean spirits get cured too. So he's healing people and he's exercising demons, things that we've seen him do already. And it tells us that all the crowd sought to touch him because power came out from him and healed them all. Right. So people are reaching out, wanting to just make contact with him um, because of all this healing power that he has. Which is hard for us to, I, I'm like trying to imagine what that looks like. What is mm-hmm. that? feel like is it like mm-hmm. electrical current i mean power mm-hmm. is coming out of him yes. and they recognize this fact yes so yeah great point i wish we i wish we could know a little mm-hmm. bit about what that would have felt like um but boy they're receiving it and they are being healed lots of healings taking place exorcisms things that surround his ministry but yes people are coming to hear his teaching as well which is very important because that's at the heart of everything he came to do not just to heal but really to teach people about the kingdom of heaven so verse 20 and following now is how he begins this in luke this is how he begins this teaching which is very similar to the way it begins in chapter 5 of Matthew, but there is is a little twist here. Yeah, Yeah. The blessings are more succinct, and then they're followed by woes. Woes that match them. So these match up. Yes, and the woes aren't even included in Matthew. He doesn't even have the woes. He just has the blessings. So, So let's take a little bit closer look at these because they stand out in in one major way that they stand out. Um, blessed are you. First of all, he lifted his eyes on his disciples. So I'm like, okay. is he just talking to the disciples? Or hmm. is he like looking, getting their eyes so that they will... I mean, I'm just curious about that. What do you think? Uh, I kind of think disciples includes more than just the 12 here. So I think we're not just well, talking about that's the true, 12 That's true, because disciples. he did These call his disciples. disciples and choose from them 12. So yes. maybe... So we're talking about a bigger group than just the 12, although they're part of it. That's kind of what it's. So the teaching that he's about to give is directly for disciples. Those, for the people who those are, who are really, really following. following. Yeah, wanting to be close uh, and listen to his teaching. Okay. Um, that's what I think. And so he says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, automatically we have this uh, difference from mm-hmm. Matthew, where Matthew wants us to know poor in spirit. That's what he's very right. clear about. Blessed are the poor Not in spirit. Not necessarily a monetary right. poor. Whereas in Luke, he writes it as if it is strictly to the poor 
who are monetarily poor, who don't have the things of the world that the rich do. And so that this is an interesting bit that Luke has where he's constantly talking about how um, Jesus is very attentive to those who are poor and downcast and trodden down by society and those who are outcasts who don't get accepted. Right. I mean, these the are, yes, yeah. women also, um, you know, being much more lesser people than men. Um, all of these things Luke is making constant emphasis for. So it's no, no surprise really that he would emphasize that even right here when he's talking about this teaching. And then it goes on, blessed are you who are hungry now. And that includes that word now. Yeah. Uh, which I think is very interesting because it's, you're hungry now, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it will last forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Satisfaction is coming. Right. Yeah. We'll be satisfied. Right. And, um, and of course, now in Matthew 2, it said hunger and thirst for righteousness there. But here it's talking about the hungry. Those who don't have enough to eat right now, you're gonna, you're blessed. Um, and there will be satisfaction. Blessed are you who weep now, uh, for you shall laugh. Right. And blessed are you when people hate you and exclude you and revile you and spurn, you, uh, spurn your name as evil on account of the son of man yeah. not just for any reason right but if it's on account of jesus jesus yes then it's very significant you rejoice in that day you can leap for joy because behold your reward is great in heaven so rejoice on those days that you find yourself suffering persecution on account of jesus's name right because there's a great reward waiting for you and that uh, that is going to be, and it's something that the prophets from God have suffered throughout the ages, persecution on behalf of God's name, for God's name. Uh, and so all he's, he's equating them with the good prophets that God has um, had sent to his people um, throughout the ages. So these are the reasons to feel blessed. Now, I don't, they're not going to feel, it's not, you're not going to feel very blessed if you're experiencing any of these things. Mm -hmm. but well, it's Jesus the is, opposite of what the religious um, culture mm -hmm. would say is blessed. Yes. Being poor, hungry, and weeping mm -hmm. and being persecuted. persecuted are not things that righteous people should experience. Should experience. Right. Yeah. But he's saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. He's turning that on its head. Yes. And I find that really interesting. And yes, uh, I think it's interesting that he uses the Son of Man here. He used that over when he said uh, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath mm -hmm. in the first part of chapter six. So mm -hmm. we're hearing that again. He's he's fully saying this is me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can, I'm sure we'll talk more about the Son of Man later, but I no uh, just wanted to point that out. But yeah, we're not only supposed to not be upset because we have these things going on in our life, but we're supposed to rejoice, rejoice. and leap for joy. Yes. Boy, those are big. Yeah. yeah. Big statements to make. About Do we this. leap for joy really. because we're suffering mm. these things yeah. here on earth? Yeah. And like you've already said, now the woes are coming and they contrast this. Mm -hmm. Woe to you who are rich, for you've received your consolation. Yeah. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. 
So their fathers were, yeah, the juxtaposition is obvious, very obvious, and he's making a big point and a big finger at Mm -hmm. rich people. Um, and, and just there, there, which you would think, okay, not every rich person, right? Not every right. single person who has some wealth. Well, I'm sure that's true. I would say that's certainly true. He doesn't mean everybody, yeah. but there is a general, general way of living among the rich that is disregards um, the plight of the poor or the just the the fact that heaven is something good to expect because they're finding their their enjoyment here in this life. Mm-hmm. And if that's where you've chosen to find it, certainly you will be disappointed yeah. much later I on. I think that's a bad time. the big thing is finding your uh, satisfaction and mm-hmm. your comfort in these things. Yes. And um, in being rich or being full or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. That those are not the things we're supposed to be focused on. Yes. And I do think he's, you know, not just talking to if we read Matthew of course we know it's more than just a physical it's also spiritual but this but Luke does not include that he's very um, I mean he's saying what he's saying and so as much as we might not like it and try to excuse it he is saying this and I think partly maybe if you're rich and you hear this or if you're hungry or full or whatever I think uh He's trying to get your attention, make you think about yeah. where your focus really is. Yes. I don't think he's necessarily saying all rich people are, you know, that's it for you. Yeah. You've yeah, gotten your so, reward. Yeah. But I think he is trying to wake people up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they're not thinking about how they're living. Yes. Right. And how easy that is not to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I say this just as a modern American. Right. I mean, not because I don't think we're any different. You, yeah, exactly. Um, and as a modern American, it's very easy to seek our greatest pleasures in this world, or just think of this as the end, instead of um, just a part, just a, a part of the journey that we're on. And we start living as if we can find all our happiness here. And it's still easy to think that if people are. I mean, I hear it. If people are poor or suffering in some sort of way, like any of this that we're talking about, they must not be doing something right. Mm-hmm. God is not blessing them. Mm-hmm. And we have to rethink that because that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus is saying. Yes. And um, so our, our material goods, the way we have comfort in this life mm-hmm. isn't a reflection of our life with Jesus. Yes. Right. I agree. That is, I think, key to really trying to understand this passage. Yeah. Now that, all that being said, I think maybe it would be good if we continued reading from verse 27 through, I think, probably verse um, 38. Okay. Uh, we'll try to get that in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can yeah. do this. It's a lot of hard stuff. He, I mean, he's already said something. This little section here mm-hmm. that we just read, it's hard. Yeah. Hard words. Very I mean, really, when you stop here. and think about it. Wait a Ooh, second. Yeah. Wait, I don't like that. I like the idea of having a little more wealth, and now you're telling me. Uh, but not, he's going to yeah, continue here and hard. ramp it up even, I feel like. Yeah. So, okay. We'll read. 
But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend. Expect nothing in return and your your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay. Let's see what we can encapsulate in these next (laughs) few minutes here. Whenever we start verse 27, now he's going on with his teaching. And he's talking to those who hear to love your enemies. Love your enemies. That's a big statement. It is. I think it's so easy to say. It doesn't mean... You know, love somebody who wears a different T-shirt than you do. Right. It really means your enemies. Your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Mm-hmm. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. I mean, these are big, big mm-hmm. statements. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Wow. Wow. This is not American. No. Thinking. This is not. I, I no, mean, I'm not just saying America, but just this is where I live. So that's yeah. all I know. But I'm. This does not go. It doesn't jive. It's not. Mm-hmm. No, because part and parcel with, with just life is the expectation of right. My rights to be upheld. My right uh, righteousness to be a part of society justice you know justice we want justice and we're taught to want justice good justice is a part of a good strong society and so i'm not wrong in wanting justice and that's true on some level you know because i do want justice. god put it in me to want to see right well he wants justice too i'm just not sure that his justice matches my our justice right exactly which is where we get in trouble because we come to this and this doesn't sound like justice at all to us to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. What? Why would I do that? To somebody who's hurting me? I'm going to now let them hurt me more? I'm just going to... I should punch them back. Yeah, d- definitely. <laughs> if somebody just strikes you on the cheek, you should get to punch them back. That sounds mm-hmm. very reasonable. I mean, and and it sounds Old Testament, doesn't it? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I mean, how is that, how is that a bad thing? Well, Jesus, when Jesus is having this little talk, you know, or, or talking to people in Matthew, he actually brings up the whole eye for an eye thing mm-hmm. right. uh, to talk to people about. But here, he doesn't quote those words, but similar thoughts are coming across because 
this is all about God, what God wants and how he wants us to treat one another. And it's not about getting back at someone. It's not about finding a way in your mind to make everything even again. And so we hear this and boy, it just sounds so, yes, like it's calling, calling so much of us that it's easy even to, and y'all have probably heard it. Those who are listening to us right now have probably heard it in some sermon before where it's easily to turn, easy to turn this kind of teaching into metaphor. Somehow he didn't mean real cheek being struck, like when somebody insults me. Right. that I should be willing to be insulted again if necessary and not do right. anything about it. But he's not talking about people actually hitting you. My only problem that it, with that, my biggest problem, my biggest problem with that is Jesus got hit and never hit back. Mm-hmm. Never, ever hit back. Right. We never having, have him hitting a person at all. And of all the people who get struck and, you know, like he told Peter, I could call 12 legions of angels if I wanted to, but I'm not going to because right. that's not the Father's will. So here it is, him giving us the very principles that he lives by. Are we going to be willing to accept these? Are we also going to be And are we going to be able to trust him to work all of that out and to bring about justice mm-hmm. in yes. his way? In his way, not our way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He can be trusted. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to learn through this, I think, going through this gospel. Mm-hmm. But he can be trusted. Yeah. And he will get justice. There will be justice in the end. Yeah. It's just not exactly how we want to see it. That's right. Exactly. I mean, he even goes on in 32 and following, you know, he talks about, you know, you want to do more than just love those who love you because anybody can do that. You should love those even who hate you, even who are opposed to you. You do good to those who don't do good to you. Um, you so be different to those who you don't even expect to give you any money back. Um, these are this is how this is how outlandish it is. Jesus's Jesus's teaching to his disciples sounds. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Who would I don't encourage my own son to do to lend to people who he doesn't think is going to pay him back? <laughs> right. That's not. That doesn't sound reasonable. But I think we're supposed to. I know. In the, this passage, if read for its plain statements that Jesus is making, and I realize Jesus talks. Y'all know, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I am all about Jesus will talk in some crazy, enigmatic ways to that, that you have to be, you know, really put some energy into deciphering and figuring out where he's going. But here... He seems to be talking very straightforward to his disciples about the way to live if you want to represent me. Well, again, he's just talked about the new wine and the new garments. And here we are. This is new teaching. Yeah, this would be new. And this is putting everything on its head. He's like turning everything over. He's saying, Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, do be different. Mm hmm. Completely different. From the world. So different, yes. And we don't like that. Right. But it says down here, after it goes on with all, you know, we read it, and it says, for your, if you do this, that your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. And I was remembering that when Jesus, when um, the angel came to Mary Mm -hmm. and told her she was going to have. A baby. Yeah. He said he will be great. This is in one uh, thirty-two. Mm-hmm. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, 
And okay. so we, this is how we're like, we can be like our father. Like Jesus. And, and it like, says, yeah. for he is kind to the ungrateful mm -hmm. and the evil. And aren't we glad? Mm -hmm. Because we're those people sometimes. Yes, exactly. That's what we should, that's what we have to realize right there. Yes. We're the ones who are ungrateful. And, and evil, he so. is grateful to us, mm -hmm. graceful to us, even anyway. Yes. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Yes. Which is really our beginning of a seven part piece that makes the middle, that makes up the middle of this Sermon on the Plain. Mm -hmm. This is seven parts. So I'm going to enumerate them for you and then we're going to close after that and then we'll be back at this point next time. Okay. Um, but here we go. So in your Bibles, they, there's usually going to be a break of some kind between 36 and 37. But I want you to read it as if what we're reading is seven parallels. Seven parallels that start in 36. Here they come. Number one, be merciful even as your father is merciful. Number two, judge not and you will not be judged. Number three, condemn not and you will not be condemned. Number four, forgive and you will be forgiven. Number five, give and it will be given to you. Number six, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. Number seven, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Mm. Now that's a sevenfold parallel that makes up the center of this Sermon on the Plain that Luke has. Mm -hmm. Which we'll finish next time. Right. So we'll go through this some more next time. But those seven parallels there are huge. Really kind of, of course, y'all know how important seven is. And so we'll talk about these more next time. But um, no wonder that this kind of teaching would fit at the center of what he's doing. I just love this because our aim is to be like Jesus, mm -hmm. be like our Heavenly Father. And it's telling us how to do that. Yes. But it is, this is not easy yes. going. And, um, yeah. you know, I was studying this with my daughter not long ago. And we both got to this point and went, yeah. This is a hard chapter. How in the world could you do that? Yeah. yeah. It's easy to read, mm -hmm. but hard if you actually challenge yourself to do these things. Yes. I don't even know how to do all of this. Oh, I know. Uh, I would have no idea. I don't think anybody's ever done it. But I think we're supposed to try. Yeah, we are. We're called to try. So. Well, really great to talk to y'all um, about this Sermon on the Plain. We will go through the second half of the Sermon on the Plain next time, and we really look forward to doing that with y'all. Hope you have a great few days. Stay in the Word. And God bless.